I was very, very, very grateful uh, to know that uh, this weekend Bishop was going to be home. And it's been a while since we've got to hear from him. But today Bishop's going to bring the word to us. Would you make Bishop St. Clair welcome as he comes? Praise God. Well, I was watching him online before I took the pulpit so I could get a few pointers. <laughs> no, actually, I told the pastor where I was. I said, that boy has been in my notes again. I love my son, my pastor. I love this church. I'm so thankful for this church. I... uh. Brother Wendell, thank you for that good word the other night. I was so proud. Tremendous. Tremendous. I, I, I want to tell this church something that's so very important for us to understand right now. The Bible speaks of some men in their day that were very aware of their times. And what was going on around them. We cannot, hear me right now, we cannot afford to be lulled asleep by all of the activity that's going on in the world and forget our purpose. This is what I believe. Why don't you just sit down? I'm going to talk a minute. I am convinced that we've been given a window here. God is giving us one more chance to do what He's called us to do. I was in a meeting yesterday, and I got to tell you that I was I was encouraged yet distraught, if you can be that. I was in an area and there was a meeting that had been planned for several months now to call a community, not just apostolic churches, but a community of churches and ministries. Together, together I was privileged to be able to be a part of that and to pray in that meeting. But in a community that, I don't know, maybe 25,000, 30,000 people, I don't really know, to be honest, there may have been 75 to 100 people that showed up for that meeting. And something began to get a hold of me, and I didn't know I was going to be standing here this morning, but if I could say something to FPC today, it's time for us to rise up, take our arms in hand, and begin to fight the good fight of faith. We cannot go to sleep now. We have an opportunity right now to see the greatest revival that the church has ever seen, but we won't get it just coming to church and expecting something to happen because we showed up. We got to rise up and become what God has called us to be. I'm going to talk to you for just a few minutes today 
about releasing your past. Releasing your past. Someone said, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. I need to tell somebody there's nothing that's happened to you in the past that is worth holding on to that would cause you to miss your purpose and most of all to lose your soul. You need to let go and let God do what God does and that's to heal, to forgive, to deliver and to set free, loose it, and let it go. I, I recently, I, this is going to be not typical Bishop St. Clair this morning, but I recently came across a doctor, an individual that I kind of started following and I don't know him, never met him, never seen him, but just a little plug, if you want to get some good advice and some good material, I was listening to him on the radio this morning, I thought, my God, I could preach all of that. His name is Dr. Nick Wilson. You can find him on Facebook, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it just, Facebook page is Ask Dr. Wilson. But this is what he said. He said, what you put into your body is going to directly impact your health, whether that be negatively or positively. Your body is a self-healing entity. Listen to me right here. Every six months, you get a new stomach lining. Every year you get a whole new set of skin cells. Every 120 days, you have new red blood cells. The human body doesn't need help to heal itself. Watch now. It just needs the interference to be removed. We must correct it before it becomes disease. That's in the natural. What about the spiritual man? I want to tell you what we need. We need a release from the past. There's an old adage that says you are what you eat. I want to tell you, that's true in the physical. A few weeks ago, we've been going through all of this stress and emotion and things going on. And, and uh, I, I, my wife and I were trying to do so good and watching what we ate. And, and uh, man, I just put all that to the side and started shoving in biscuits and ice cream. And, 
I know. Listen to me. And uh, I couldn't hardly walk from one side of the living room to the other without breathing deep. Now, I'm not trying to hurt anybody here this morning. I'm just trying to tell you something. I know when I'm doing things to my body that are not right. But I'm the only one that can do anything about that. Oh, you know, you, you, you need to help me right here. I'm going to tell you something. When I was 15, I could do things when I was 15 nutrition-wise that I can't do at 64. I know you're not going to help me because I'm not getting in some of your stuff right here. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're 5, if you're 15, or if you're 25, you need to understand something. Right now, you might be doing okay. But when you get 55, what you're doing at 25 is going to affect what you are at 55. I am made to understand. I know the nature of the church. I've been in it a long time. It's hard to believe that I've had the Holy Ghost since 1972. I've been around this a long time. But I also sense and know when the church is headed in the wrong direction. But I do also know that there is a way to reverse it. There is a way to turn it around. Come on, somebody. I walked in today, and I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, but I walked in today, and one of my sweet friends said, Oh, Bishop, Brother Tony's wife just brought a whole tray of goodies. We're not in the same season. So, back last week when I was struggling to breathe, I figured it was time to start going in another direction. So I started another little deal. God knows how many times I've started another little deal about the way I eat. But I want you to understand something. I realize and understand there's always something out there that will tempt you. There's always something out there that will eventually do you harm. But somebody has to realize and understand that your ultimate goal in life is to serve and to do the will and purpose of God so that you must do what you can to release and get rid of everything that will hinder that purpose. There's nothing more debilitating, nothing more paralyzing than dwelling in the past. Well, it just happened yesterday. It don't matter. You're never going to get yesterday back. 
Listen, listen to the Word of God. Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. You can just stay seated. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, He hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. Now I want to see the hands of everybody in this building that's never made a mistake. I thought, sure, you'd raise your hand. <laughs> now, if you made a mistake, I want to see your hand if you've been forgiven. run the aisles on that a little bit right now I want you to understand something today if you've been forgiven somebody has offended you somebody has done you wrong Paul said don't you hold that against them he said they're going to get what's coming to them one way or another but if you let them control you by what they've done to you, you're going to miss what God wants to do for you. Come on. I'm telling somebody, you need to let go and let God. You need to forget about yesterday. You need to release the past because God wants to move you into the future. But you can't tug along yesterday. You can't take away yesterday's failure. But he will. He'll forgive you. He'll set you free. You can be seated. So that contrary wise, you ought rather to forgive him, comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love towards somebody that's going to love you back. Wait a minute. Let me go back up there just a few. Uh, He said, he said, but if any have caused grief... He hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. And then he said, I beseech you, or I charge you, or I challenge you, that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you 
Whether you be obedient in all things. You know how I'm going to know? You're obedient to what I'm preaching to you this morning. You're going to come back tonight ready to shout. You're going to come back tonight ready to run the aisles. You're going to come back tonight ready to worship God. Come on, somebody help me right here. He said, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Here it is right here. This is what the enemy is trying to do to you and me to stop the progress of the church and our personal progress. Look what he said. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Now I want you to listen to Bishop very closely right here. If we're not careful, the debris from past storms will fertilize our future. Restoration is coming when we embrace the debris and understand it was all part of the process to get to the promise. Dead trees, watch me here. Dead trees are used for mulch to fertilize other plants. Tell somebody close to you, you need to let it die. We aren't dealing with a storm now. We're dealing with the debris. Restoration. Watch now. And recreation are here. God wants to take what was once strong, vibrant, on fire, ready to do the will and work of God. But you've allowed your past, you've allowed mistakes, you've allowed the enemy to dangle it over your head and in front of your face for too long. And God sent me here on this Sunday morning to tell somebody there is restoration and recreation that's about to happen in this life and in this church and in your life on a personal basis if you will release the past and let God heal you for the future. God is about to recreate. He's about to revive some things in you that you thought would never come back. God's going to make sure that the growth we experience will be cultivated by His Word and past experiences. What are you saying, Bishop? I want to tell you something. In a few days, well, they've already started. 
The farmers are putting the combines in the field. They're harvesting something that was planted months ago. But that's not the end of the process. After they've harvested, after they've lifted everything out of the field, they're going to go back and cultivate again because there's got to be another crop. There's got to be another production. You hear me right now? I'm telling you the devil's trying to get us to stop right now. He's trying to get us to be hindered right now. But God's saying, if you'll understand what I'm about to do for you, I'm going to let you walk on top of the debris of the past. And I'm going to use the debris of your past to cultivate a harvest like you've never seen before. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. This place is getting ready to break out into something like we've never seen because somebody understands I'm going to let go of yesterday. I'm going to walk on yesterday's problem and God's going to use it to fertilize the future. Come on, clap your hands with me right now. You be seated. You see, when we understand the value of our salvation, no circumstance or situation or individual will be able to dictate our joy. Watch me here. It's very easy for us to allow our failures or the failures of others to set our course and diminish our relationship with God. There is a restoration and a healing that will come today. To those that will lay the past at the feet of Jesus and be renewed. Listen to David. In in the most horrible mistake and failure in his life. The time when he could have thrown in the towel lost the kingdom, given it all up, David sits down and says, wait a minute. I know I've made a mistake. I know I've been a failure. I know I haven't pleased God. But let me some way try to release the past. You say, well, Bishop, yeah, that's easy for you to say. It's not your past No, and if it remains yours, uh, you're never going to be what God wants you to be. But listen, David sits down and puts pen to paper. And he writes, restore 
unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then, watch this. He said, when you do that, when you restore the salvation that I devalue, I didn't really, I forgot what I had. Come on, somebody. I forgot the value of being forgiven, being washed in the blood, being filled with his spirit. I forgot the value all of, of all of that. And in my humanity, I failed. But David said, restore unto me the joy of my, thy salvation. And then what? He said, when you do that, God, we're about to have revival like we've never had revival. The kingdom is about to prosper like the kingdom has never prospered. Oh, my God. Watch this right now. Listen to what he says. He said, then does my burden shift. Not, on the, not from the past, but my burden shifts from those that need you. You see, some of you are all caught up in yourself. You can't worship because somebody offended you. You can't praise Him because somebody hurt you. Ah, come on, you ought to help me right here. You can't come to church because the preacher had to be preaching at you. Somebody been talking to the preacher about you. You're right about that. But it wasn't nobody sitting here. Ah, come on now. I'm trying to tell somebody that when we release the past, God shifts our focus from us. Maybe, maybe, maybe I missed it, Pastor. Listen. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Watch now. David said, until I'm brought back into alignment, and I understand that there's joy in my salvation, why, some of you would scare folks to death. They'd never know that you repented of your sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus, been filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you mean, Bishop? Well, you scare me sometimes, and I know it. I don't know whether to approach you or tiptoe around you. Yeah, you're not going to help me now. <laughs> but David said, God, when you, when you restore the joy, you ought to be happy about being saved. I said you ought to be happy about being forgiven. 
Come on. Some of you can't even crack a smile right now. I say you ought to have joy in your heart because of your salvation. David said, when you bring me back in alignment and I understand I've been restored, he said, I'm going to help the sinner. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in the burnt offering, the sacrifices of God. You want to know where you get out of whack with God? It's when you get too full of you. Well, you know what? I know I committed to prayer this week, but somebody else has got it. I got other things to do. Well, you know, I, God knows I love Him. God knows I care about His kingdom. But it won't hurt me or anybody else. Thank you for that word this morning, Brother Stephen. It won't hurt me or anybody else if I just slide aside here just a little bit. Oh, no. David said, the sacrifices of God. In other words, what God accepts. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, thou will not despise. You know what God despises? He despises somebody that says, I can handle this on my own. I can take, I got this. I don't need you to help me, God. I made this mess. I'll fix it. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're going to lose your joy. The joy of your salvation because you become self-sufficient. God's looking for somebody today that will release your past and say, God, I've messed up and I can't fix this. And I fall at your feet and ask for mercy. I ask you to restore the joy of thy salvation. I'm ready to move forward. I'm going to forget and forgive. And I'm going to walk into your presence. Let me finish. Paul writes to the church at Galatia. And he says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, kick him until he's down. 
stomp on him until he leaves the church. Now, you know it's happened. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Not with the attitude of, you know what you did. You know how you acted. You embarrassed our church. You embarrassed our pastor. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I know I am. Now that's not what he said. He said, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Make no mistake about it. Just because you know somebody that's failed does not exempt you from failure. But God, Paul said to the church, uh, let me tell you something, how you treat somebody that's failed uh, will determine how I treat you. Here we go. Bear ye one another's burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, He deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Hear me right here. That means we cannot turn to Christ if we refuse to walk away from things like sexual immorality, gossip, unforgiveness. How can you say you're a Christian when you willfully hang on to those things. The fact is, there are over 500 behavioral commands in the New Testament. But watch this God gives us those commands. Listen, He gives us those commands because He will never tolerate. What can destroy you? They're not in the book. Just so pastor and bishop will have something to preach to you. They're there because God knows human nature. He created us and he put them there 
because he knows that if we allow them to operate in our lives, they will destroy us. He's not, God help us right now, he's not trying some way to dictate to you. He's trying to keep you from going to hell. God will never tolerate what he knows will destroy you because he loves you too much. This is what we need today in this place. Repentance. Repentance means changing our minds so deeply that it changes our personality to the very core of our being. Well, Lord, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you to forgive me, but when I get up from here, I'm still not going to forget what that dude did to me. In this emotional moment, in this spiritual moment, God, I'm going to repent of that, but... I'm still going to hold on in my heart to that church that disappointed me and let me down. It's not repentance. I said that's not repentance. Repentance is that attitude and mindset that changes you from the inside. The dock that I mentioned earlier, he said something this morning that, that, that impacted this, this thinking today. He said the only way to make the body healthy on the outside is to give it something healthy on the inside. Come on, you can't do that by watching Netflix. You can't do that by watching HBO. You can't do that by feet there being a constant diet of worldliness and carnality and fleshly desire. The only way to do it is through prayer and fasting and the Word of God. You need to eat it up. You need to take it in because what you put in is going to come out. Repentance. Everybody say it. Repentance. You see, when we turn to God in repentance, He makes us brand new. He gives us the grace to live like Him. Biblical repentance. The process of being. You remember what I told you a while ago about recreation? Biblical repentance is the process of being recreated in Christ. Biblical repentance causes us to reflect the nature of God in our lives. We all got quiet. 
I believe the Lord woke me up early this morning. And I'd like to tell you that I didn't come here for you to rehash the events of your life. I'm not here to dig anything out from underneath the blood. But this is what I know. Is there is potential in this room to produce one of the greatest harvests that Anderson, Indiana, FPC, and even the world has ever seen. But until we come to the understanding that we cannot do that until we're ready to release the past on a personal basis and we're ready to release those that have offended us, that have lied on us, that have cheated on us. Come on, you're not going to help me, but I'm going to preach it anyway. To those that have, that have, that have turned against us, whether they be family or friend, come on, until we're willing to release that and let it go. God said, I can't heal you. I can't recreate you. I can't make you new. But if you'll let it go, if you'll turn it over to me, I'm about to do a mighty work in you. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what sayest thou? This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. You need to shut the world out. You need to quit listening to all the negativity. Come on, somebody. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You listen to me. Jesus never wasted any time bringing restoration in an adverse situation. And he never condoned her sin, but also released her from condemnation. If you'll come today 
He won't hold your sin over your head. He will release you from that condemnation that you feel right now. Because the Bible said, therefore now, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This morning, the Lord is calling you, release the past. Come into my presence, repent, and let me make you healthy on the inside. And you will produce something supernatural on the outside. Come on. As you lift your hands and you forgive others, you forgive yourself. Come on. You're going to begin to feel a healing begin to take place in this building this morning. Oh, God. Come on, tell him right now. God, I repent. Change my nature. Change me from the inside out. God, I don't want to carry my past with me. I don't want to drag it with me. God, I release it today. I let it go today. Make me new. Recreate me. Restore the joy of thy salvation. Come on, ask him right now. God, let that joy, let it bubble up in me again. Help me to understand what I have. Help me to understand what I possess in my salvation. Joy, joy unspeakable.